What is going on, New York Giant fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Hit that like button if you have not already. Comment, subscribe, do all the good stuff, share out. If you're on the podcast platforms, please give us a five-star on Apple Podcasts. So, for the first time in the 2023 season, we have a win. It's unofficial. As usual, we're going to go through positive takeaways, negative takeaways, but it's going to be segmentized, of course, like we usually do. We got first thoughts, stats overview, first team offense, depth still being a concern on the offense, and I'm basically going to break it up into first team, offense, second and third team thoughts, then go into the defense, first team thoughts, second and third team thoughts, special teams, preseason overreactions, roster bubble stock up, roster bubble stock down, all that sort of good stuff. So hope you guys are here for it, do all the good stuff, but... It was exciting, man. It was exciting to see the starters come out, even if it was just a series. And my God, did they go out there and give it their all for one series, for one series. Now, of course, you had some other starters stay in the game longer. Guys like Isaiah Hodgins, John Michael Schmitz, Josh Azudu, Ben Bredesen, Evan Neal a little bit. You had those guys stay in. But Daniel Jones, man. He looked really good. He looked as good as advertised in training camp. We're going to get to a lot of the other things as well because I don't want to spoil too much and really just say a lot of the things and repeat it. You know, we know why the offense looks so good. We're going to get into it though. But on the other hand, while the Giants won this game, there are still depth concerns at different positions and that could even go into overreactions too. But anyway, Let's just briefly go into the stats real quick. So, in terms of the passing game, three quarterbacks played for each side. It could have been four, but the Panthers rested Andy Dalton due to injury. Matt Corral was the leading passer, 9 for 13, 71 yards. Jake Luton, 2 for 7, 41 yards, a touchdown. And then Bryce Young, the rookie, 3 of 6, 35 yards. He had one sack taken, so did Matt Corral. Tyrod Taylor was the leading passer for the New York Giants, 9 of 13, 90 yards, one touchdown. Tommy DeVito, 9 of 11, 88 yards, and Daniel Jones, 8 for 9, 69 yards, one touchdown. And that's all in one drive. That's all in one drive. And once again, I don't want to overreact because, man, this is just the preseason. That was one drive. But there's a lot of positive aura around the starters right now. And we're going to get into that, of course. But, of course... I have to go into a lot of the stats just to give it to you guys, and then we get to talk about the exciting stuff and then also some of the non-exciting stuff at the end. The Carolina rushing game, over 100 yards, but you could attribute that to mostly the second-teamers and the third-teamers. Raheem, Raheem Blackshear was also the returner. Eight carries for 31 yards, one touchdown. Chuba Hubbard had eight carries, 30 yards. Spencer Brown, 10 carries, 26 yards. And then both QBs had a scramble for a few yards, uh, except for Jake Luton. New York rushing game, Tyra Taylor was the leading rusher, so you could kind of see where that dips into the negatives. 21 yards on three carries. Eric Gray had five carries, 16 yards, and a touchdown. James Robinson, four carries, 10 yards. Deshaun Corbin, seven carries, five yards. And Daniel Jones had a scramble. Tommy DeVito had five scrambles. You look at the receiving game, Shai Smith was the leading receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Four receptions, 59 yards. Um, Josh Van 
Gary Jennings, Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark had one reception, so did Adam Thielen and Spencer Brown, and then Javon Wims had two catches. The leading receiver for the Giants side, were really top three are starters, actually. Isaiah Hodgins, two receptions, 45 yards. Jalen Hyatt, four receptions, 35 yards, and a touchdown. And Darren Waller, three receptions, 30 yards. No fumbles. It was pretty much a clean game in terms of that. No turnovers, no interceptions, almost two at the end, which we'll talk about, but... Pretty clean game. Pretty clean game. Yeah, it's not the most exciting, but hey, listen, it was a clean game. So I guess that's something to take away for the Panthers side, the Giants side as well. In terms of players on defense, that stood out in terms of sacks, tackles for loss, and quarterback hits, and also some pass deflections as well. The lead tackler, actually you got four lead tacklers for the Carolina Panthers. C.J. Henderson, who was a former draft pick of the Jaguars a few years ago. Keith Taylor, who played... For the Panthers, has played for the Panthers for a few years now, was a product of Washington. Raquan Williams, he had a sack, a tackle for a loss, and two quarterback hits. He had a good night for the Panthers, and of course the Panthers lost, but I would attribute to him you know, being one of the best players on defense, if not the best player on the Panthers' defense, for, of course, the time he played in. Brian Burns did not play. Justin Houston did not play. So you have to take that into factor. And then Brandon Smith, the third-year man out of Penn State, also had four tackles. Deion Jones had a quarterback hit. Taylor Stallworth had two tackles for a loss. Von Bell had a pass deflection, had a big, uh, pretty big hit against Darren Waller. Kobe Jones had a tackle for a loss. Deshaun Williams had a quarterback hit. LeBron Ray had a quarterback hit, a tackle for a loss, and a sack. Jeremy Chin had a tackle for a loss. Sam Franklin, he had a pass deflection, and so did Frankie Aluvu. Uh, the totals for the Carolina Panthers, five quarterback hits, six tackles for loss, two sacks, and three pass deflections. For the New York Giants, two lead tacklers, and but they're both new additions. Bobby Okereke, seven tackles. Javarius Owens also had a pass deflection, seven tackles, the late round pick out of Houston. Then you go down the list, Tamon Fox had a quarterback hit, a tackle for a loss, and a sack. A tackle for a loss for Jordan Riley, two tackles for a loss for Dane Belton. Kayvon Thibodeau, a sack, a tackle for a loss, and a quarterback hit, a quarterback hit for Sean Bauer, two pass deflections for Carter Coughlin, who I thought had a really good night. Jason Pinnock, um, excuse me, going back to Carter Coughlin, yeah, it was two pass deflections. Uh, pass deflection for Zion Gilbert, pass deflection for Jason Pinnock. Zion Gilbert also had a quarterback hit, and Habakkuk Baldonado had a quarterback hit as well. So five quarterback hits, five pass deflections, five tackles for loss, and two sacks. So almost mirroring the stats there for the Carolina Panthers defensively. All kickers made their kicks. Raheem Blackshear had a return, kick return for 29 yards. Eric Gray had a punt return for nine yards, so not very explosive again. And Jaden Mickens had a return, meaning kick return for 30 yards. So he's not really going to make this roster as a receiver, but as a returner, he could. But that's unless the Giants still want to force their way with Eric Gray and also some of the other guys that may come into play as well. Let's go into the team stats before we talk about the offense. 15 first downs for the Carolina Panthers, 17 for the Giants, 12 passing first downs for the Giants. Seven for the Panthers. The Giants had three rushing first downs. Six for the Carolina Panthers. Two first downs from penalties for each team. The Giants and the Panthers were both five for 12 on third down efficiency. The Giants were one for three on fourth. The Panthers were 0 for two on fourth. 
The Giants ran 60 plays, 56 for the Panthers. The Giants had 290 yards compared to the 235 that Carolina got. The Giants had 10 drives. The Panthers had 9. 4.8 yards per play for the Giants, 4.2 for the Carolina Panthers. Red zone, the Giants were 2 for 2 and 1 for 2 Carolina Panthers. The Giants had 10 penalties for 82 yards, so got to clean that up. 8 penalties for 64 yards on the Carolina side. And then time of possession, Carolina had it more 31-04 to the Giants, 28-56. Going to take a quick step. We get into this offense. And let's dig into it. We're going to talk about the first team first. And if you were watching tonight, you were on social media, doing this, that, and the other thing, whatever, you're a Giants fan, you know coming into this, you didn't know maybe if Darren Waller was going to play. That was like one of my questions. Okay, you know, I'm going to expect Strong Shepard to play. Paris Campbell might play, Isaiah Hodgins will play, Bellinger will play, but will Darren Waller play? Saquon did not play, Darren Waller did, and Daniel Jones, of course, played as well. So one of the things that Giants fans, once Mike Garofolo came out with the report, yeah, Darren Waller's going to play, once that happened, Giant fans were going to look and see, hey, listen, is this connection for real, what's the story, and boom, the connection was there, the connection was there. Waller did have a drop, but if Waller catches that, that's another 20 yards on the back of Waller and Daniel Jones. And let's put it to you this way. On the first drive, and that was the first drive, you know, in terms of that, Waller did not play another drive. Neither did Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, a select few starters as well. But there were no runs whatsoever. It was all pass, which is a shift from what was last season, the first part of the year, they mostly ran it through Saquon. Many Giant fans were asking, hey, listen, we got to get Daniel Jones the football put in his hands, all these different things, whatever. But that is going to really show you. Now I get it. It's a vanilla-style playbook. They're doing basic install. You're not giving a lot of things away because other teams are scouting you. But what you are giving away is that Daniel Jones and Darren Waller have – a very good connection, and you're going to be more pass-heavy. And I'll bring this up as well because you could kind of combine it. Daniel Jones, Darren Waller, right? And then you have Paris Campbell, who I thought had a pretty good night. Had a couple of catches. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, he had some reps with Tyrod Taylor. He had some reps with Daniel Jones. I thought he looked good. But going back to the whole conversation of Daniel Jones, Darren Waller, Saquon Barkley did not play. Now I will say this. What if Saquon Barkley did play? And what if this was a regular season game? Then you could start drawing your conclusions, making your predictions and whatnot. Because Saquon Barkley is another added weapon on the field. And he is at the tier of Darren Waller. They are both top of the league at their positions. Saquon Barkley, the running back, and Darren Waller, the tight end. Now, Daniel Jones, obviously, it's a different conversation with quarterbacks we're not going to get into. But... Darren Waller, Saquon Barkley, they haven't even been on the field yet together. We haven't seen how defenses try to cover them. And we're already excited about this offense because the Darren Waller connection, Paris Campbell being good, Mike Kafka and Brian Dable scheming these guys open. I mean, how could you not legitimately get excited just a little bit? And I get it. It's preseason, right? They played one drive, but you have to be a little excited even a little bit more than it being out of camp because guess what this was against a real defense not saying the Giants don't have a real defense but 
this is the first time the starters, not in a joint practice, are playing, or I should say did play, against a real defense. And let me get to this as well, because this guy has been also the talk of camp. That's Jalen Hyatt. He had a drop from Tyrod Taylor, and it was a pretty good pass. And you could tell he was just pissed after that. And I'm like, damn it. You know, it could have been a chunk play. He drops it. Next play, Tyrod Taylor throws under pressure up in the air a post corner route by Jalen Hyatt. Beats Eric Rowe, a veteran safety, for a touchdown. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not understated. Or I should say it isn't stated enough that this guy is going to be a complete and utter disaster for defenses moving forward. That's my prediction. I could be very well wrong, but I was weary about him in terms of drafting him because of all the concerns that came out. But he's under the right system now. And if Daniel Jones is that confident in him from what we've seen in camp, I would imagine that defenses have to start buckling up for a deep threat named Jalen Hyatt. And I like what I think it was his dad or somebody else said it. He's got the next play mentality. Do better on the next play. And that's what he did. That's what he did. And I honestly thought that the first team offensive line did solid. Andrew Thomas was Andrew Thomas. I mean, he did have an illegal block penalty, but the Giants overcame that. Um, Evan Neal gave up one sack on a failed stunt pickup. It was more with the twos, too, because they had paired at left tackle. They had a couple other guys mix in. So, other than that, I thought Evan Neal looked fine. JMS, I thought, looked fine. I thought he looked better last week. But then again, JMS is still doing JMS things. That's what you want to see out of a rookie center. Now, of course, we're going to see what happens when he goes up against Dallas, Arizona, San Francisco, all these other different teams but it's just an encouraging showing from the first drive and we gotta wait a little bit more giant fans i'm sorry to tell you that we gotta wait a little bit more just to see these guys in action and full force because i don't think they play that much if at all against the jets you got that bye week and then you got sunday night football you can't even just say okay i'm gonna turn on the tv at one o'clock the giants are gonna be on on sunday no you gotta wait till 8 20 p.m against the dallas cowboys so a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement from one drive in the preseason. I'm excited. I'm excited. Now, we have to get to a little bit of the positive, but also negative with the twos and threes. Because they still count. And they played most of the game, if you think about it. Tyrod Taylor and Tommy DeVito looked okay. Tyrod did take a bad sack. Now, of course, the pressure was let up by Matt Parrott because I believe he got beat outside and he was trying to um, push the edge rusher around and Tyrod escaped the pocket and then Josh Azudu was playing with outside leverage and the guy got him um, and of course Tyrod Taylor took that sack that pinned the Giants deep not in a good way and Tommy DeVito of course both guys I thought played well but he did have a big miscue at the end of the game where he missed David Sills for a wide open touchdown where Sills you know we have our quirks about him but he's a guy um you know he's 
probably not going to make this roster, but he did beat the safety. He de- he did beat the uh, the corner, and it was a pretty good route. So, you know, you would just like DeVito to make those throws, but it's part of his progression. It's not like he threw any interceptions or any of that stuff. I thought he looked good tonight. I thought he looked better last week, but then again, too, he was probably under a little bit more pressure last week than he was this week, and that's not necessarily endorsing the offensive line because we are going to get to that. And I'm going to talk about another guy that's really been standing out. It's Sean Corbin. And he's been getting more recognition via Twitter and the other social media outlets. He deserves his props. He deserves his props because right now, if you don't factor in Saquon Barkley, Matt Breida did not play. Or actually, I think he did play, but he didn't get any rushes to my knowledge. Jay Sean Corbin was trying to make it happen. James Robinson, he looks slow as ever. I'm going to keep saying that because that's what happens. And my brother said it. He's like, you know, James Robinson looks like the guy you would put in on a third and one and get one yard. Yeah, no. Because James Robinson used to be a speedier back, and now that injury has totally derailed him. And I think it's derailed his confidence too, but when you're making a roster, it doesn't look good. And the Giants can't be playing nice they you know it's the NFL tough business but Deshaun Corbin yeah he had seven carries for five yards but also one carry at the end of the game lost him like four or five yards because they knew it was a run and the next few plays were going to be kneels and victory formation so he's a solid receiving option out of backfield a couple of swing passes were thrown to him when Tommy DeVito was under pressure so We're going to talk about him a little later in the show, but I like the recognition he's getting. I would like a little bit more recognition in the kick return game, but listen, I like that he's starting to get his props. I liked him last year. I think he's been more productive this year, but I liked him last year. Coming out of Florida State, thought he could be a good speed back just in case, you know, Saquon needs uh, some rest or Matt Burita is not available or something along those lines. But hey, listen, who knows? Eric Gray with solid running better than last week horrid in pass protection yeah um Eric Gray I thought was a better runner that's not saying a lot and I'm not trying to shit on the rookie or do this that and the other thing right I mean we stay totally 100% factual here we give you the facts we give you our real opinions I'm still not 100% sold on Eric Gray yet he did look better as a runner especially on that touchdown run where he was just plowing through guys the offensive line was plowing through guys a good touchdown there, but he was horrible in pass pro. We got to see better production from Eric Gray in that area. And if it's not going to get better anytime soon, you got to put Breed or Barkley in on third down. Because, Breed, uh, not Breed, excuse me, Eric Gray did not look good in pass protection. And we can't really have that during the season. So that's something where he needs to, you know, just buck up a little bit. Um, O-line still looks troubling, and also part of that, it's becoming a very known thing that the Giants cannot run with the second and third team O-line in short yardage situations. You would think, okay, listen, you know, we could probably get some push on third and one, whether they stack the box or not. Well, the Giants haven't been able to do that the last few weeks because of the offensive line. Constant penalties, constant lack of push. Matt Parrott did not look good, and he didn't look good last week. He looked worse this week. Just going to say that right now. 
I think he allowed a sack, a couple of pressures, definitely two holding penalties. So it's going to be real tough for him to make the roster. And I know Joe Shane was talking about him. They didn't know what he was last year, all these different things. But it's going to be real hard for him to make the roster. And what sucks about it is Tyree Phillips is hurt. So he could have the only lane to go out and make a roster spot as a swing tackle. But right now, that's doing two things. Number one, that's putting pressure on the Giants organization to go out and get a swing tackle. Or you're putting more pressure on Marcus McKeithen to work out as a swing tackle guard because Parrott hasn't been able to do the job. And Corey Cunningham, yeah, he didn't give up any sacks to my knowledge, but he's still not good. Julian Davenport, still not good. I mean, he gave up one or two pressures. Still, I wouldn't trust him as a swing tackle. And I get it. Listen, a lot of people, you know, went after me on Twitter or criticized me. Oh, you know, you're, you're picky with the offensive line depth or whatever. And what I said on Twitter was, I'd rather have a guy like Ty Nasecki or Zach Banner or Joe Haig because those guys have had solid careers as backups or decent starters to where Julian Davenport, not so much. And we're going to get into a roster bubble video him about him a little later on. Obviously not in this podcast episode, but if you guys are tuned into the YouTube channel, you'll definitely see it. But the O-line still looks troubling. Shane Lemieux, there was a nice little run by Deshaun Corbin. Shane Lemieux at center holds the guy. Jack Anderson had a holding penalty. So that's not ideal. And listen, we're grateful that the starters look good. But the backups, man, it's not looking good for them either. It's really not. So... Before we get to the defense, I do want to get to our sponsor. Yes, for the first time in the history of this channel, that's been running three long years and over 1.5K subs strong, and also for the podcast too, we have an official sponsor. Yes, we are now sponsored by the ticket vendors, also known as SeatGeek, looking to go to a concert, a Giants game, a ball game in general. Now you can with our help. You can get $20 off your entire order with the promo code BigBlueInTheBronx. That is Big Blue in the Bronx. The podcast name, no abbreviations, no shit like that. So let's talk about the defense. I don't think the defense was as exciting as the first team offense. The first team defense had played, I believe, one or two drives. You did have a couple of guys mix in with the twos. Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, Deontay Banks, Trey Hawkins, whatever. But I believe Dexter and Leo were recognized. Like, you did see their impact on a couple of plays. I know Leonard Williams had some push, some dirty work plays. Dexter Lawrence, the first play of the defensive drive was, was not ideal. It was an offside. However, the Giants didn't even allow a yard to my knowledge on that drive. They totally shut down the offense. Dexter Lawrence had a couple of pressures. So he is still wrecking offensive linemen. He's still moving bodies. Leonard Williams, too. And Leonard Williams is in a contract year. So I'm not going to say he has 11 and a half sacks like he had in his last contract year. But hey, listen, he could put up some solid production. If he wants to stay here long enough. Kayvon Thibodeau with a nice sack. On a blitz. Beat Ika Mekwanu. I mean, I wanted Kayvon Thibodeau or Aziz to eat against Zakeem. Because he's not good in pass pro. So, good job Kayvon Thibodeau. But one thing I am concerned a little bit about. Is how Carolina. And of course, I don't have the stats marginalized in that section. But when the first team offense was out. They did not have success running up the middle because you also had Bobby Okereke there, which um, I'll get to in a sec. But they ran to Thibodeau's side a little bit, 
and they stonewalled him on one or two runs. Now, of course, it's one or two runs, but I am a little worried about that edge-setting ability with Kayvon Thibodeau. Of course, he's more of an impactful run defender than Aziz Ojolari, but we'll see how that unfolds come the regular season. But, again, that was a little problem in joint practices. We'll see how it unfolds. Bobby Okereke, I thought he looked good. Now, was he all-pro linebacker good? No, but he was noticeable. Making two-string tackles, making a couple of tackles. He had seven tackles in the game, as mentioned earlier. Still the lead tackler, and he played one or two drives. He was done after one or two drives, so he was impactful. And, of course, we don't have Jalen Smith anymore, Gerard Davis, some of these other cats. So he's going to have to be that guy, once again, brung in via free agency. And I thought he looked really good. I thought he looked really good for his first game as a Giant. And we're looking for that impact at inside linebacker, stopping the run. I thought the corners looked solid. There was a few receptions given up. Um, I know Adoree Jackson gave up a reception to Adam Thielen, but Deontay Banks looked solid. I thought Trey Hawkins also had a very good game. I thought he looked better than in Detroit. So, however Wink wants to position this come the regular season, and of course I am expecting the the rookies Banks and Hawkins to play against the Jets because they're rookies they need the experience and whatnot but I do expect uh, Dory Jackson Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins to be the starting corners and I'm not joking when I say that like I will talk about that in the overreaction part but I will say yeah that's that's my expectation as of right now everything can change though and also Dane Belton mixed in with the ones that's also notable so twos and threes let's talk about that Jordan Riley he moved bodies last week he moved bodies again he made a couple of nice plays and that is very very telling it's very very good for the New York Giants to know that this guy could start moving bodies and he could play the gaps well because once again it all goes back to last year where Dexter Lawrence Leo they get off the field Henry Mondo Nick Williams Nick Williams was solid so I can't rip on him too much Vernon Butler and Justin Ellis they go in and they know to start running the football against those guys I don't think that's gonna happen anymore I really don't unless Sean and Raheem Nunez Roches and Jordan get injured I think this is a solid D-line group I really do Jordan Riley's been moving bodies and you'll love to see that against the starters and also against some backups so Is he going to be on the stat sheet for three tackles a loss a game? I don't think so. But if you look at the film, it's going to tell you a different story. And two guys I want to shout out real quick. Kobe Smith. I think he's had a silent but very productive last two games. He played the run well in this game. Had a couple of nice pass rush reps against the Lions. So do I think he's going to make the roster? No. But, listen, the practice squad's always open. I think he maybe shifts there. And another guy who we did another Roster Bubble Series video on, to Sean Bauer, who was signed a few weeks ago, I think he's making a slight case for an edge spot. I thought he played the run well. He really has over the last two weeks. And he also recorded a quarterback hit. And technically, you could say, shared the sack with Taman Fox, even though Taman Fox had full credit of the sack. So... I like the way he's playing. I like the way he's playing. Of course, it's not Kayvon Thibodeau level or Khalil Mack level. But hey, listen, Deshaun Bauer making a case for an edge spot, 
We just like to see a little bit more production, but Taman Fox recorded a sack, and then Zimini Crickets. I know Carl Banks was praising O'Shane Zimenez in the broadcast, but to be honest with you, from what I saw, I mean, he was silent. Like, he did not make much impact, and he was still playing with the threes, so that has to tell you a little bit of, hey, they want to see either more out of Zimenez or whatever the case may be, but that's not a great sign. Really is not. I thought this guy had a bounce-back game. I talked about him in the stats portion. Carter Coughlin, he had two pass deflections when he was in coverage. I thought he also had a nice tackle. I think it was close to a tackle for a loss. He also had a good day on special teams. So, is he going to be a starter? No, but I think he's definitely right now solidified a spot to make the roster as a special team slash backup linebacker type of guy. And he did his job. He played well against the backups, a couple of pass deflections. So, shouts to Carter Coughlin, the former 7th round pick out of Minnesota. And we'll see what the Giants do at 4th linebacker. Because you got Beavers, McFadden, Coughlin, Okereke. Who else is behind him? I don't know because Cam Brown's injured. Deontay Johnson didn't have much of a great impact. Zion Gilbert with two drop picks. He's vying for a backup corner roll, slot corner two. And two drop picks is not going to get it done. There was a play before the two-minute warning where Jake Luton threw a stick route. And uh, it was right in his hands, dropped. The final play where Luton was pressured, Gilbert dropped that one as well. So it goes on the stat sheet as a pass deflection, but the coaches are not looking at it that way. They're saying, look, you dropped two interceptions. One of them at least would have ended the game on a solid note, and one of them also could have been a pick six. So, he might make the practice squad. He knows the system. Could contribute via special teams. But, two dropped interceptions. That's a killer if you want to make an NFL roster. And, before we go to the next one, which is the last one for defense, Cordell Flott and Darnay Holmes had their fair share of struggles. And, Flott had a missed tackle, a key missed tackle. Darnay Holmes gave up a key reception to Shai Smith, which, he didn't do well against Shai Smith last year. But Shai Smith had a basic out route, and Darnay Holmes was playing inside technique all the way, and Shai Smith had room, so it's not really surprising, and Cordell Flott also gave up one or two receptions. He was playing more outside, so they're going to keep Flott, obviously. Holmes, will see what happens, but it just tells you that week by week, day by day, it looks like slot corner is going to be something the Giants look for. In terms of depth, because right now they could say a Dory slot corner, or Trey Hawkins is slot corner, Deontay Banks outside, Hawkins outside, whatever the case may be. And no cornerbacks really stood out again. Uh, Warrior had the uh, pass interference penalty. I didn't think it was pass interference, my opinion. Um, also, as well, Darren Evans gave up a touchdown, so no one really stood out. Rodarius Williams didn't do much of anything. Probably not going to make the roster. Special teams, not much for Eric Gray again. Punt return for nine yards and no kick returns. Jamie Gillen with no good punts had a couple of touchbacks, so that's really no surprise. He's not competing with anybody. And then Jaden Mickens, who could make the team as a special teamer if he stands out against the Jets and in practice. He had a nice 30-yard return, so I would take Mickens if he is a solid returner. Obviously not a fit for the scheme offensively, but hey, listen, you know, special teams is special teams. He also could stay on the practice squad because he stayed there last year 
and they didn't use him, but just in case a punt returner, kick returner goes down. Now let's go to preseason overreaction time. This offense could be electric. This is something that's been known for weeks and really talked about for weeks. This offense could be electric. Now, of course, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to have to wait a few weeks. Yes, we are. We're going to have to wait a few weeks till we see what this offense starts to culminate to. But this offense could really be electric. The way they produced with Paris Campbell, Darren Waller, Isaiah Hodgins, add Sterling Shep and Wandale, and then Saquon into the mix with at least a solid offensive line, league average, I think you're looking at a top 15 offense at least. I'm not trying to get my hopes up all the way because I know as a Giants fan not to do that sometimes, but hey, listen, you got to be happy and you got to tell it like it is and sometimes you could get a little overreactive. You could get excited. Pretty sure that's not illegal in this country or this world. Deshaun Corbin for running back four. I don't think that the Giants are going to keep four running backs, but if the Giants consider it, I think he's a guy that you put as running back four. Now, of course, probably won't be active every single game day, but if you need explosiveness, if you need speed after Saquon Barkley, he's the guy. Breida's a guy, short yarder situation. Same thing can be said for Eric Gray. Let him grow a little bit more. And Jay Sean Corbin could also make the practice squad. So I think personally he makes the team. Either way, running back four, that's a little bit of a stretch right now. But the practice squad or another roster, he's going to make a team, whether it's practice squad or regular roster. He's looked good. I don't think anyone should underestimate that. Bredesen Glowinski should be the starters. Now, Bredesen did give up a sack last week, and you guys know my feelings on Mark Lewinsky, but Josh Azudu did struggle a couple of times tonight, and I think it's time to stop the bullcrap, stop the rotating, and go in and put Glowinski at right guard with Bredesen at left guard. And I get it. Bobby Johnson wants to train these guys at different positions, whatever the case may be, just in case of injury. But... Zuby did not look that good, and he'll probably get reps against the Jets next week. There's no doubt. I don't know if the Jets are going to play the starters. It looks like they could, but I think you got to go in with your best five, and I just don't think Azudu is there yet. He's having the same type of issues. He's got to correct those, man. He really does. Swing tackle is not on the roster. I have totally bought into that theory. Tyree Phillips, he's injured. He's missing a lot of key time right now. It's going to be for a spot. He may not make the roster. They might say, look, we're just going to IR you, and that's that. Matt Parrott, he's looked awful. In a situation where Matt Parrott is in the final year of his contract, and he's trying to vie for a roster spot, a swing tackle spot, he could play both left tackle and right tackle, you would think he'd take advantage, but he has done the complete opposite. Holding penalties, pressures, stuff like that, just not good, man. Just not good. Julian Davenport, nothing out of him. Corey Cunningham, nothing out of him. So it's sad, but hey, listen, you're going to have your kinks at different positions. Giant slot corner is not on the roster. Aaron Robinson back ETC. The only way I see the Giants not attacking a slot corner in the waiver wire period or via trade is if Aaron Robinson comes back. Now, he was still on the sidelines for this game. We've heard more progressive reports about the other Robinson, Wandale Robinson, coming back from the pup list, Aaron Robinson. And once again, I like him. 
I've always liked him. Coming out of college, solid tackler, sticky man coverage, can play the slot on the outside. But the only way that the Giants don't attack slot corners is if he comes back. And even then, for insurance reasons, they could probably trade Darnay Holmes and get a solid veteran in here that can play slot, play outside, whatever. But I still think corner, at least one, will be picked up via the waiver wire. So in terms of slot corner not being on the roster, I don't think... That starter slot corner is going to be a complete issue for right now because they will probably put a Dory there or maybe try to train Trey Hawkins there. Cordell Flop, they're moving him out of the slot. And I don't mean to rhyme by that. They're moving him out of the slot. It looks like he's playing outside more. And I think he could succeed in that role, but his tackling needs to get friggin' fixed. I mean, it's been a problem of his coming out of college. And then also just a minor overreaction. Kobe Smith to Sean Bauer are practice squad candidates. I think they are. Another edge guy into Sean Bauer who is putting up serious competition to O'Shane Zimenez because O'Shane Zimenez hasn't done jack shit. And then Kobe Smith, who coming in, obviously is not going to make the roster, but he's made his impact in the running game and a little bit in the passing game too. So could be on the practice squad. And then before we shut it down, Two things. Stock up and stock down for the roster bubble. Guys, stock up Deshaun Corbin, Kobe Smith to Sean Bauer and Carter Coughlin. Stock down. Jack Anderson, Matt Parrott, Shane Lemieux, Darren Evans, Zion Gilbert, and James Robinson. Like, comment, subscribe to all the good stuff. Share out. Turn on the notification bell so you know when a live stream pops or your drops. Also, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Um, the next podcast episode likely comes on Tuesday. As of right now, things could change. My buddy Jigaman Porto is going to join me for a Jets-Giants preview. Of course, we couldn't get one on for the Panthers because a guy called out due to a family emergency, so that's that. But anyway, we appreciate you guys. Let's go Big Blue. Peace out. (laughs) 